I'm specifically asked to speak on or to teach on what is the Father's house, which is John chapter 14. You just, John chapter 14, you know, they were said, In my Father's house are many mansions. Okay? That is what we want to examine. What did Jesus really mean about that? But first of all, turn with me to the book of Exodus. Exodus. Let's look at Exodus 23. I just want to read something there. Exodus 23. Are you there? If you are there, say amen. Exodus 23. What did he say? The verse 1. The A part. Can we read it together? Go. Uh, what is happening? Is, okay. One, two, go. Go ahead. Okay. Now, there's something I want you to note there. First of all, when Jesus was leaving into glory, he said, you shall be my witnesses. Did he say so? Did he say so? Okay. Now here, the scripture says, Listen and listen closely. You shall not circulate what? A false report. Is it there? He said, do not put your hand with the wicked to be what? An unrighteous witness. Which is another way of saying a false witness. Am I right? Now that shows that you can, you can be uh, a bearer of false information by implication that makes you a false witness because the, the key word is you shall be my witnesses and um, we also told that when we preach the message of the kingdom it shall be a witness unto all nations then the end shall come but here the bible is saying we can be false witness and so you should not the one said, you should not be part or join yourself to such men that will circulate false information. It means if you believe what is not true and you are teaching it and preaching it to people, what are you? Come on, talk with me. A false witness, you believe that? And now you say you shall not join the multitude to circulate or be a false witness. So, I want to believe that you are here by his grace to be properly instructed so that you can be true witnesses. It is much more better for you to be a true witness for God than to be a false witness because everybody believes something. Here it means the fact that everybody believes a thing doesn't make it right. Because it says, Thou shalt not join multitude to be a false witness. Did he say so? So, truth is not necessarily in the hands of many. That something is in majority doesn't make it truth. And that is why I think your voting also in politics doesn't necessarily make it because they tell you the number was so much and it's not true. Amen. Okay, turn to the book of Amos. Amos and... Uh, Amos, let's look at chapter... Chapter 2 of Amos. 
Are we there in chapter 2? Amos chapter 2. Are you there with me? Somebody is still looking for Amos. Okay, let's look at uh, verse number 4. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Judah, and for four I will not turn away his punishment, because they have despised the law of the Lord, and have not kept his commandments. Now look at, look at, look at this, this aspect of it. This is what I want. Their lies lead them astray. Like which your fathers did what? Come on, talk with me. Did you see them? Their lies lead them astray. Lies which their fathers did what? Followed. That means there are fathers who have majored in lies and accidentally the generation they produce are following the same thing. Hallelujah. Lies which their fathers followed. And uh, for reformers, you must come to a break. By implication, I mean you must come to a place where those lies must no longer continue. If you understand what I mean, say amen. I remember, he told us of the things you get from your fathers. And I'm also trying to make you see there are some things you don't get from your fathers. Because God was going to punish a set of people here because they believe in a lie and it was not their fault that they believe in a lie. It was the lies that their fathers followed so they were continuing the lies of their fathers. But when we're talking about reformers, we're coming to a place where you can no longer continue with that which you finally discover to be a lie. Did you hear that? If you read the book very well, book of uh, Kings or so, you see the story of Josiah, how that, you know, there was this serpent that was made in the wilderness that if a snake should bite you, you look on the serpent and then you'll be healed. Remember that, if you are reading your Bible. Now it came to a point that even while they have left the wilderness, they were still hanging that in there. And everybody was still worshipping that thing. But this, the, the time frame for the use of that thing was already over. But they were still continuing to look at the serpent in the temple. And Josiah who was a reformer came and pulled that thing down. Are you listening to me? That was a lie that their father was following. It's like a doctrine that the fathers had which is no longer relevant today. It will take a reformer to identify that this doctrine is not true. And what happened? It has to be removed from the place. Otherwise, just like it happened to Judah here, God said, I am going to punish this tribe because they are liars and they continue to follow the lies of their fathers. The father believed the lie and they followed the lie and now this group of people seems to be following the same thing and God said, I am going to punish you. But I think God has brought you here so that you won't be punished. Hallelujah. Okay, so now let's turn to John 14. John 14. How many of you know John 14 very well? Huh? In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not told, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. Where is the place? Okay, praise the Lord. 
Mm. We are going to dispute the place tonight. I mean, this afternoon. We're only going to be dealing with just the word Father's house. Okay? Are you there with me? Okay, how many of you are university, whatever, polytechnic, upper level education in this place? Can you please lift up your hand? If you are in university, if you are in. Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, how many of you are in secondary school? You are just getting ready to finish, maybe SS2, SS3. Can you lift up your hand? SS2, SS3, whatever. Okay, praise the Lord. All right. Now, I just want to ask a simple question. A house and a mansion, which one is bigger? Can I get some answers, please? Are you sure? Oh, you look intelligent. That's good. Okay. A house and a mansion, he said, the mansion is bigger. All right? Now, how can you have, therefore, many mansions in a house? Does it make sense? No, talk to me. Does it make sense? But you have people preach this, even on television, that Jesus said, in his father's house are many what? Mansions. So if a mansion is bigger than a house, how come Jesus is saying you are going to have many mansions in a house? Now, that will only tell us that we may not have been able to understand what Jesus was talking about. Am I correct? Come on, are you there with me? This is very, very important. I want you to listen to it and I want you to follow it and I want you to follow me too. Because I'm trying to pass, I pass across some simple instructions. Like I told you, it would be too bad for us to follow the lies of our fathers. We respect them, but we cannot respect an opinion that is not true. That will not help on the dark what God intends us to do. Don't forget, we are looking unto you because we are transmitting and passing across to you certain information. If you can get anything, this last message that was just preached is so vital. You must understand that Moses was there, but the prophet was who? Was their own. That means there is a transfer and a transmission that comes to you because of your relationship. And this is very crucial to this camp meeting. So, be very careful in what I'm about to say. And I want you to write down every scripture... Because I know you may probably be challenged either in your thoughts because of what you know before or when you live here and you say a thing like that, you're going to have confrontation. But your scripture should be able to prove who is right and who is wrong. So turn with me to the book of Genesis. Let's look at the word house from the Bible. Genesis 24. Let's begin to start from there. Genesis 24 is the story of um, of the servant, I think Eliezer, who was to go get a wife for Isaac from his own people. Is that okay? Are you there with me? Come on. Go to your Bibles. There are some of these things you need to mark out. Okay? You get your Bible, let me get your pen, and you mark out certain verses that are so relevant to what we're talking about. Okay, so here we find uh, Eliezer was now going to go get a wife for Isaac from amongst his people. And uh, here, let's see the prayer. Uh, Abraham was speaking now. Turn to verse, uh, chapter 27, 24, verse, verse 7. Are you there? The Lord God of heaven, verse 7, who took me from my, mother, from my father's house 
and from the land of my family, and who spoke to me, and swore to me, saying, To your descendant I will give this land, he will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. Amen? Are you there? So here, Abraham is speaking to Isaac and saying, Don't worry. The God who took me from my father's house shall also give you success in getting a wife for Isaac. So the question is, what does Abraham mean when he said, God took me from my father's house? But the first thing I just wanted to pick there is, Abraham had a father's house. Is that okay? Is that okay? Alright. Let's go down a little bit. Turn to Genesis 46. Genesis 46. Praise the Lord. And um, let's quickly look at... This is Joseph talking now. Let's look at verse um, 31. Then Joseph said to his... You know, after the famine and all that, like we later, you know, the brethren finally went to Egypt. Remember that? Okay. Then Joseph said to his brothers, and to what? His father's house. I will go up and tell Pharaoh and to say to him, My brothers and those of my father's house who are in the land of Canaan have come to me. Joseph told his brothers and what? His father's house. Was he talking to a building? Hello? Was Joseph talking to a building? Okay, so first of all, we have Abraham is got a father's house. Joseph is also got what? A father's house. Let's still look at Joseph's case. Um, chapter 50. Look at chapter 50 of the same book of Genesis. Let's look at verse 22. Chapter 50, verse 22. Look at it. So Joseph dwelt in Egypt. He and his father's house. And Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph dwelt in Egypt. He and what? His father's house. Does it mean the building of Joseph's father's house were carried from wherever they were and brought to Egypt? Okay. So. But we now know that Joseph had a father's house. Is that okay? Abraham had a father's house. Joseph had a father's house. Can we still find somebody again in the Bible? That had a father's house. And uh, let's just quickly go to um, 1 Samuel. Let's look at 1 Samuel very quickly. Praise the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 22. Are you there? Look at verse 1. David therefore departed... From there and escaped to the cave of Abdullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house had it, they went down there to meet him. Father's house was moving. Amen. <laughs> now don't forget where we're coming from. The word say, in my father's house. Is that okay? So here we find Abraham got a father's house, Joseph got a father's house. David got his father's house. Now let me ask you this question. What do you think David meant here when he said, or when the Bible said the father's house or David went to meet him? What does he mean? His family. 
Oh. Okay. So, family means what? Are we correct? You sure we are correct? Okay. Let's still read on a little bit. Judges chapters. Okay, just write that down. We may not read that because you lose trace out. But look at Judges chapter 6. Judges 6 and verse number 16. Okay. There you are going to see Gideon's father's house. Is that all right? Praise the Lord. Just read that alone and then we can move on to something else. So Judges chapter 6 verse 15, the Bible also tells us that Gideon has a father's house. Gideon actually spoke to the angel that spoke to him and said, I am the least in my father's house. Have you read that before? Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, now turn to the book of Acts. Let's go to the New Testament. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 7. Acts 7. Are you there? Let's look at verse 20. Acts 7 verse 20. Are you there? At this time Moses was born and was well pleasing to God. And he was brought up in his father's house for three months. What exactly do you think it means here? Was it that Moses was brought up in just the building, that kind of a thing? What will Moses' father's house mean? Fine. He was brought up among his people. Is that okay? Because he wrote, when say after three months, he was now, you know, taken to the stream, and then finally he went to which father's house now? Oh, praise the Lord. You are getting it. Yeah, you see what I mean now? So, we have Abraham's father's house. Are you there with me? Joseph's father's house. Am I correct? Gideon's father's house. Then David's father's house. Moses' father's house. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, so, just for a moment, if we can pick that. I'm so happy you are looking very intelligent. What do you mean then when Jesus said, in my father's house? Come on. What is Abraham's father's house? What is Joseph's father's house? What is David's father's house? So what is Jesus' father's house? So what makes up the family of Jesus? What is it? The saints. Who are the saints? You and I. Are you listening? So when Jesus said, in my father's house, what was he referring to? He was referring to you and myself. Do you understand that? He wasn't talking about the building. Okay, we're going to use some more scripture to prove that. Let's quickly go to Hebrews. Do we have some people here with different translations? Uh, what translation do you have? NIV? Hmm? Do we have a New Living Translation? Huh? Anybody with one? Okay, fine. Bless you. We're going to read a scripture there. But Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. 
Very short study, but I want you to take it and get your mind open. We must not follow the lies of our fathers. Eh? We respect them, but if we discover a lie, we will shift from there. Now, are you there with me, Hebrew 3? Now, I want to read from verse 1. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him, who appointed him as Moses. Are you there with me? Also was faithful in all his house. Which house is this? Can somebody tell us? The Bible says, okay, just read a little bit. For this man had been, I mean, this one had been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he would build the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he will build all things is God. Now look at verse 5. And Moses was indeed very faithful in all his house. Whose house? God's house. As a servant. For the testimony of those things which were to be spoken afterward. The question I want to ask you is this. Where was Moses serving that the scripture will not say he was a faithful servant in God's house? Which house was this? Hallelujah. The church in the wilderness was where Moses did what served. And the Bible refers to that church as what? The house of God. So the house of God is not upstairs. And you don't die to go to the house of God. Neither are you raptured to go to the house of God. But you are born by the spirit and translated, if you will, into the house of God. Can somebody say amen to that? Did you follow it? Is it simple? Okay, read on. We are yet to be true. So Moses was a faithful guy in God's house in the wilderness. Now look at the next thing. Verse 6. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house we are. Is it there? Come on. Can we get the living Bible, please? Who is there with the living translation? Just read on, read on. Oh, you come very quickly. Maybe we'll use the mic. Just verse number six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are. Is that the way it ended? Okay. Another one. Any other translation? Mm-hmm. God. Wait a minute. Christ was. Is charge of God's people. Mm-hmm. We are those people. Another translation? Which one is that? Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Hallelujah. We Christians are what? God's house. Hallelujah. Did you get it there? So now, when Jesus said, in my father's house, what are you talking about? We Christians are the house of God. Is it simple? So Jesus only promising you anything upstairs. I don't want to look insulting, but that was a lie from the fathers. Can you get that? Like Amos says, we follow the lies of our father. This is one of them. They told us Jesus went to build us a house. That we are God's house. Is it, is it okay with you? 
Okay, let's look at something. If what I'm saying is not true, then the Bible must be a false book. I'll tell you something now. First Timothy 3. Are you marking these scriptures? Please do. Okay. First Timothy 3. Wow. I like this one too. Are we all there? Look at what he said. I'm reading from verse 14. But what we need is verse 15. These things are right to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, arise so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is what? The church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of what? What is the house of God? So, you see, when you say, which is, what does that mean? You say, house of God equal to church. Am I correct? So, is the church up in the sky? Is it simple? So, this is what Jesus was talking about. So, what does it mean when he said, in my father's house are many mansions? The word mansion, let's translate that from other translations. Go back now to John 14. What do you find in John 14? Go to John 14. Very quickly, we want to read about three different translations. So if you want to read, lift up your hand and tell me which translation you are using. Which one? NIV. Fine. Okay, go ahead. John 14. No, no, verse 1. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. You can stop. Now see, the one you find in King James, in my father's house are many mansions. This one says, in my father's are many what? Rooms. Another translation? Just verse 3. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are many rooms there where my father lives. Rooms. Another one? I would like to stress something on that. It's very important. They say, up there. I like it. <laughs> Another translation. Quickly, quickly. NIV or reverse standard version. Read for me. Uh huh. There are many rooms in my father's house. Come on, listen to me. The word mansion in the King James is a Greek word which is money. M O N E. Money means a dwelling place, it means a room, it means a temple. Do you understand that? So when God said, when Jesus said, in my father's house are many rooms. Don't be confused with King James that said mansions. Is that alright? When he says, in my father's house are many rooms. Can somebody help to interpret that for me? I just want you to participate. Because I know you're already understanding this. What does that mean then? When Jesus said, in my father's house are many rooms. What do, what do you think he's talking about? Already you said you are the church. So what does he mean? Can somebody talk to me? Department? Fine. So, if we want to say department, we can say you are a department. Because in 1 Corinthians 6, it says, you are the temple of the living God. Is that okay? So, that means you are a temple, you are a temple, you are a temple. Now, let's come back to the scripture here and say you are a room. Is that okay? So, you are a room, you are a room, you are a room. You are a room. So, how many what, what do you have now? We have many rooms. Are you understanding that? So when you say, in my father's house are many rooms, it simply means, in the family of God, there are many people. 
So if I were to translate the Bible for you to understand better, that is where I would put it. In God's family, there are many people, many sons and daughters. That is what Jesus meant. So why did he tell the disciples that? You must understand when you go back to John chapter 13, that is the foundation. They were in the upper room, which is what they call the Last Supper. Is that okay? And then Jesus said he was going to be betrayed. So they were worried and distraught. They were, their heart was, it's a worry in such a way that we trusted this man to be our leader. Now he's saying he's going to be crucified. So we are lost. And now they are going to come after us. They are going to come to destroy us because we have always believed in him. And Jesus saw that. And especially when he said somebody was going to betray him, which is Judas Iscariot. So Jesus saw that in their heart. So you see verse 1 of John 14 and says, Let not your heart be what? Can you see the connection? Don't be worried that you are going to be crucified. And don't be worried that you are alone. Because in this family, you are not alone. There are many other people that will come in. Are you following what I'm saying? This is what Jesus was telling them. So the beginning he said, Let not your heart be what? Troubled. If you believe in God, what does that mean? If you believe in God to protect you. If you believe that God can preserve you, believe also in me. Don't doubt the father that said, I'm going to go away. That doesn't mean I won't be able to protect you. But besides, you are not alone. In the family of God, there are many other people. So what he was just simply trying to tell them was to encourage them not to be discouraged just because he was going to go to the cross. So there was no promise of heaven. Sorry, if I may say it loud and clear. Jesus wasn't promising anybody heaven or a building up there in the sky. And the brother said, In the house of God, there are many rooms where God lives up there. Why is it up? Because we are sitting together with Christ in what? Heavenly places. So you are not earthly people. You are heavenly people. God does not dwell in the earth in that sense. He dwells in the heavenly realm. And you are God's heaven. That's why the Bible says you are God's tabernacle. So if you are God's tabernacle, God's tabernacle cannot be on the earth. It must be in heaven. Am I making sense to you? That is what Jesus is teaching us. So he's not talking about you flying away tomorrow and then you go up there and then you get something like this. And you look at you and say, don't like this one. <laughs> say, Jesus, you know how much I labor that you know what is good for me. I like the other mansion there. And then they look at that mansion and they find that the toilet is not too clean. <laughs> and they say, no, I don't want this one again. Because there are many mansions, so you make a choice. But can you imagine that Jesus is building a mansion for almost 2,000 years and it's not finished? They should have given that job to Julius Beggar or Setraco. <laughs> and they finish it one year. Give them good money and they just keep on constructing mansions. You should have got to your own by now. The fact that it's not ready shows there was no thought like that. In fact, it is you that God is building. Can I show you where he's building you? Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians, I'm sure you are writing these things. Please do. God, they are going to help you. Wow. Are you there now? Uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Let's start reading from verse number 19. Praise the Lord. 
Look at it. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, a member of what? Cool. Did you see it? Household, the same thing means what? House. Am I correct? Okay, go on. Having been built, did you see the building? On the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ is that be what? The chief cornerstone. In whom all the building, or the whole building, be fitted together, grows into what? A holy temple in the Lord. Look at verse 22. In whom ye also are being built together for what? A dwelling place of God in the spirit. Did you see it? You are being built so that God can do what? Dwell in you. You are that God's temple. He didn't promise anything upstairs. And you see, the problem we have is like God wants you to go to the north. Is that alright? And maybe you will go to Subi Airport there. And then you paid, get your ticket on Arik. And the pilot took off. And unknown to you, the pilot is flying to Calabar. But you've paid your fare. Will you ever arrive in Kano? Will you ever arrive in Abuja? Because what? You are going on the wrong direction. And so the people that pilot you in your faith, you've given the offering, you sing good songs, you're paying the price, but the pilot is taking you to the wrong direction. What's the wrong direction? It's telling you there's a mansion upstairs for you to inhabit. Instead of saying God is building you for his own habitation. You will never arrive. All your hope is always hoping and hoping, so you don't know how to live. Let me tell you something. If you know you carry God, there are some places you can go to. Hello? Listen very well. If you are convinced God decides in you, dwells in you, you won't go to a hotel. Hmm? As a young man, as a, as a girl, you won't go for prostitution. You know why? Because you can't allow the God in you to be joined to that environment. Come on, am I talking to somebody? The fact that you are not conscious of the fact that you are God's temple, that's why you do the things you do. And that is why I'm saying the church is taking it to another direction where you will never arrive. Because your hope is one day, one day you go better. Eh? Who sang that song? <laughs> one day, one day you go better. You know those kind of song. And that's the kind of thing they teach you. Just believe one day you're going to be raptured. You're going to go up there into the sky. And they allow yourself to be messed up by all manner of... You remember what we shared yesterday evening? To whom a man is brought into bondage, to him is also a bondage. Hmm? Remember that? Fine. And that's exactly what we're talking about. But know it that God is building you through the Holy Spirit. How many of you know we have the Holy Spirit around with us? The Holy Spirit through the ministry of the apostle and prophet, they help to build you so that God can do what? Dwell in your life. That is the purpose of the issue of the mansion. In my father's house are what? Many mansions. See, if you don't know, sir, I will have told you, I'll go and prepare a place for you. The place is preparing so that you can have your own inheritance. Colossians 1, 12 to 13. 
He said, you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of a dear light. What he's talking about that, because when you get into the kingdom, everyone has a place in God's kingdom. Your place is your inheritance. It's just like the children of Israel, where, you know, they came to Canaan. When they got to Canaan, they have to share the land among all the people. Even so, in God's kingdom, you have an inheritance. Some of you have talent and abilities in your life, but you don't know because somebody says you have to go up there instead of living out your own what? Inheritance. God bless you.